Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. A blessing that's promised to the person who both reads and keeps the word. So memorize it. Oh, I'm not good at memorizing. Yes, you are. Repeatedly, God invites us to internalize the truth of Scripture. Pastor Greg Laurie says our minds are hardwired to remember what we hear. Your brain is filled with all kinds of trivia, your favorite song lyrics, lines out of movies, but you can't memorize John 3.16. Give me a break. You can do it. This is the day when the lost are found. great tools to memorization is repetition. If we hear something over and over, we can't help but remember it. We didn't intend to memorize the words for that TV theme or that corny commercial, but they're stuck in our head. Why? Repetition. The question is, what do we let our minds hear over and over? The fact that you're listening now is a great step forward. And today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings some scriptural truth worth remembering. Hey, let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus. And the title of my message is The Desert Song. Exodus 16 verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard Israel's complaints. Now tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat and in the morning you will have bread. In fact all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening vast numbers of quail fell in and covered the camp. The next morning the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated a flaky substance, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. It was bread from heaven. In fact the Bible describes it as angel's food. Not angel's food cake but the food of angels. But I want you to think of manna sort of like scripture for a moment. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The psalmist said in Job 23, I have esteemed the words of my mouth more than my daily bread. So here's a few thoughts about manna. You had to gather the manna daily. Verse four tells us that. Every day you had to gather the manna. You couldn't keep it overnight. It would rot. And in the same way, you need to start every day with the Word of God. Don't live off yesterday's blessings. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. So every day just open up the Word of God and say, Lord, I need you to speak to me through this book. I need to hear your voice. What did Jesus say? He said, Lo, in the volume of the book I have come. Number two, they were to gather as much manna as they needed, according to verse 16. Gather as much as they needed. So one may need more than another. Well, you get it. Get what you need. There it is. And in the same way, everything you need to know about God is found in the pages of Scripture. Everything you need to know about life is found there as well. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do all that God has called you to do. So receive it. But another thing is they had to prepare the manna. You didn't just eat this manna. You, you did things with it. They probably all had Moses' cookbook. 101 ways to eat manna. It's out of print now. 
You know, you had all the recipes, manna meatloaf, manna burgers, manna tacos, banana splits, um, manna cotti, everything. It was all there in the cookbook, right? They even had manna jokes. Yo, yo manna so fat. No, not really. That's, I don't think there were manna jokes. You know, in the same way to enjoy food, you need to prepare it. Nothing is as good as freshly prepared food, right? Now I don't, I'm not much of a chef. If you follow me on social media, uh, sometimes on Sunday mornings I, I film uh, scrambled eggs when I'm making them. It's just eggs, a little shredded cheese, and uh, some chopped smoky sausages. And I'll get more likes from those posts than things we produce in our video department. And, and little sermonettes I give, they'd be, well, I love to watch the eggs. I don't, I don't know what's going on. That's pretty much my entire repertoire. I had my grandkids over the other day. I said, okay, you can have scrambled eggs, toast, or sliced apple, or sliced cheese. Notice the variation there. Uh, not a lot of options, but my wife, you know, she'll go to the kitchen and sometimes she doesn't have everything that she needs, but she just takes all the ingredients and makes something fantastic. And that's the way it was with manna. You need to prepare it. In the same way with the Word of God, you need to read it, but then you must internalize it. You know, it's interesting in the book of Revelation, a promise is made to the person who reads this book. It says, if you read this book, it's speaking of Revelation, but I think it applies to the Bible in general. It says, whoever hears this word and keeps it. It says, read this word and you keep it. A blessing is promised to the person who both reads, hears, and keeps the word. So it's not enough to just read the Bible. You have to hear the Bible. And by hear I mean, as Jesus would say, he that has ears to hear, let him listen. So listen. You know, you can read a whole chapter without comprehension. Am I right? Just reading it, I read a whole chapter. What did it say? Pfft, I don't know. <laughs> but I read it. Can I go to social media now? No, no. Read it. Now hear it. Think about it. Ponder it. Internalize it. Memorize it. Oh, I'm not good at memorizing. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Your brain is filled with all kinds of trivia, your favorite song lyrics, lines out of movies, other things you have an interest in, scores from games that have long come and gone, but you remember who was in the World Series, you know, 15 years ago, but you can't memorize John 3.16. Give me a break. <laughs> you can do it. Another thing is meditate on the word. Now we hear the meditate, word meditate, we think of meditation and the Eastern form. But in Eastern meditation, one tries to empty their mind. In biblical meditation, one fills their mind with the Word of God. There's a big difference. Fill it with the Word of God. Someone says of the wise man, in this book he meditates day and night. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California and A New Beginning. And he's sharing how God supernaturally provided for the Israelites in the desert. This is part two of our series from the life of Moses called Water, Fire, Stone. And it's a message called The Desert Song. Let's continue. Well, now they're thirsty. They've had their meat and they've had their manna. Now they want something to drink. Exodus 17, verse 1 
at the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more the people complained against Moses, give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? Why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Look, if you have a need, bring it to God. There's nothing wrong with praying about whatever it is you're in need of. The Bible even says in James 4.3, you have not because you ask not. So pray about it. But don't complain about it. And don't falsely accuse God if He hasn't come through as quickly as you want Him to. I think it's a really good idea to write down the things the Lord has done for you. You know, my wife keeps a little diary and uh, she'll write down how prayers are answered. She said to me the other day, you know what, Greg, one year ago, do you know what we were dealing with? Oh yes, I'd forgotten actually. She said, we're dealing with this. And we prayed and look what the Lord did. It's so true. It's good to reflect on those things. And they weren't reflecting on all that God had done for them. I want you to think about it. Look at what God had done. He, he spared them from slavery. He, he didn't allow the plagues to come upon them. He parted the Red Sea. He destroyed the Egyptian army. He led them step by step through the wilderness with a fire by night and a cloud by day, the best GPS you've ever seen. He fed them with manna and they complained. Now I want you to think about what God has done for you. Because God's done a lot for you already. First of all, He saved you from hell. That's the biggest thing of all. He brought you out of darkness into His light. He forgave you of all of your sin. He filled you with the Holy Spirit. He's provided for you. He has guided you. He has protected you. For many, He's healed you. How many of you ever have ever experienced a physical healing from God? Raise your hand up. See, that's almost everyone. God did that for you. Maybe He did a miracle in your life. How many of you believe you've seen a miracle in your life? Raise your hand up. Look at that. Remember that. Remember that the next time when things aren't making sense. Remember that the next time when you are tempted to say, oh God has abandoned me. No He hasn't. He was with you yesterday. He's with you today. And He'll be there for you tomorrow because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, He who has begun a good work in you will complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. Or literally, carry it to completion. Are you in a wilderness or a desert right now? Do you feel like God has forgotten about you? Do you feel as though He has forsaken you? Well, He hasn't. Because 2,000 years ago at the cross, Jesus was forsaken, so you might be forgiven. One last movement in this story, I'll just share it with you. We won't read the verses, but they want water. So the Lord says, go over to that rock. Strike it with your staff. You don't usually find water in a rock. But you do when God wants you to. So Moses struck the rock with his staff and broke open and all of this water just came gushing out. Torrents of fresh water and they're drinking, taking it all in. Why does that matter to us? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 
Paul talks about all that Israel went through. He said they went through these things as an example for all of us. And then he said, and the rock that was broken was Christ. So that broken rock was a symbol of Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross. His body was broken so I could be forgiven of all of my sin. Isaiah 53, five says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. So are, are, you, are you down? Are you hurting? Do you feel alone and isolated? Think of all that Jesus did for you so you could come into a relationship with him. And I want to ask in closing, have you asked Jesus Christ to be your own Savior and Lord? We're all born as sinners. We're all born separated from God. We're all born in need of a Savior. And Jesus came to this earth and was born in that manger and died on a cross for us, was crushed for our sins. And then he rose again from the dead and he stands at the door of our life and he knocks. And he says, if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Have you asked Jesus to come into your life yet? You can't live off the faith of your parents. You can't live off the faith of your husband or wife or someone else. You need your own relationship with God. And Jesus is ready to come into your life and forgive you of all of your sin and give you the hope that you so desperately want. And until you believe in Him, you're going to walk around in life with that big hole in your heart and that ever-present guilt and that fear of death because you're not sure if you'll make it to heaven. You can be sure right now by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And in a moment we're going to pray. And I'm going to extend an invitation for you to believe in Jesus. But there might be others that have sort of fallen away. Not sort of. You have fallen away. You're like the Israelites here. You've doubted God. You've walked away from God. You've been looking back and some of you have started to go back. And you're doing the stuff you used to do before you were a Christian. And it's not so much fun anymore, is it? And you want to know why? Because you know better now. See, before when you were a non-Christian, you didn't know better. You just thought, well, this is life. It sucks. That's it. <laughs> but then you believed in Jesus. And you tasted of His forgiveness. And you knew what it was to wake up in the morning with no guilt with Christ in your life. But now you've gone back into those old things again and you'll never find the enjoyment you used to find in them. You'll never find the pleasure you used to find in them because you know what is true. And some of you have started to do that. You've been looking back. You've been going back. It's time to hang a U-turn and make a recommitment to Christ. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that as we all pray together. Okay? Let's pray. Everyone bow their head with me if you would. Now, Father, speak to the heart of every person here, every person watching, wherever they are, if they don't know Jesus. We pray that your Holy Spirit will convict them and convince them of their need for you and help them to come to you and believe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to do just what he said to make a change in your relationship with God today, Pastor Greg would love to help you. 
He's wrapping up his message by talking about eternity. So how can we know that we're going to heaven? How can a person know they're going to heaven? Let me say at the outset, I believe I'm going to heaven. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, Greg, isn't that kind of arrogant? Not really. Because I know this because God has made a promise to me, and I've believed that promise. The Bible says, we write these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I've believed on the name of the Son of God. Thus I know I'll go to heaven when I die. Here's my question to you. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is there any more important issue than that? I can't think of one. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. And this is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and you'll be asking him to be your own Savior, friend, Lord. It's a prayer only you can pray. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. And I thank you that you've heard this prayer. And I believe you've come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just made that change, we'd love to help you to begin walking with the Lord. We'd love to send you something called our New Believers Growth Packet free of charge to those who've made a first-time commitment to the Lord today. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-00-50-11. Well, tomorrow we examine God's top 10. Pastor Greg takes us to Exodus chapter 20 for a practical look at the Ten Commandments and how they can help us to live a successful Christian life today. Join us then. That's tomorrow, same time, on A New Beginning. copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Desert Song. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.